0: So I just published the Connell McGee episode of the podcast and then I go to Facebook to hunt down photos of the man himself to use for the promo art and I find out that Pat Caldwell is just getting his birthday today. So I rushed back into the studio, namely also known as my own laptop, and quickly edited the Pat Caldwell interview um, that was recorded back in Hawaii at the start of this year. Um, huge thanks to Pat for sitting down at Sandy Beach with me. had a little wave with him out at Half Point before we sat down for this chat. Um, he wasn't wearing a t-shirt and in order to get the mic to um, connect uh, probably it was like a little lapel mic which you usually clip onto a shirt but um we had to get him to clip it onto his chest hair for this um for this special episode of the podcast um yeah so a funny time a really memorable experience to to share a few ways with Paca wool at half Point sandy beach um, such a legend a true icon of the sport and uh yeah look happy birthday to Pat listen to this one folks
1: Mike, Mike,
0: All right, well, we can hear the waves
2: breaking in the background. We're, yep. we're somewhere. Where, where are we, Pat Goldwell? Well, we're sitting on the beach at Sandy's uh, here on Oahu in Hawaii, and there's not a cloud in the sky. That's true. Uh, about 10 a.m. in the morning, and uh, you know, a bit of an onshore wind, a uh, crazy little south swell for January, mm. a couple of little slabs here at Half Point. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is my home and yeah. it's, it's good to be home.
0: Well, this is my second ever surf at Sandy Beach this morning, and it was just as playful as the first time. I was told by Tanner, I came here with Tanner McDaniel this morning for a surf before recording this podcast, and he mentioned that predominantly it's the right-handed that most people, like it's usually more right in the summer. Is that right, at half point?
2: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it depends on the tide. Yeah. Uh, if the tide is, is high to medium, the rights are much better as long as there's not a lot of east swell that causes the rip current to pull through the lineup. Uh-huh. Uh, so, in the summertime, the, the waves come the opposite direction and yeah. we don't get that bump on the rights. Uh-huh. Uh, although, in the, the winter and sometimes in the summer, at a lower tide, the lefts can be can be uh, quite challenging and, and fun, mm. even more dangerous because you're the wave is coming at you yeah and kind of traps you into the shallows yeah so i've
0: got, got a couple of those this morning
2: <laughs> <laughs> because
0: what's the name of that rock on the in, in is that sashimi rock yeah, That's sashimi yeah, rock yeah okay that's so where that it turns you into raw fish Yeah, it does it does i had to um avoid that one on one wave this morning but um it's a really playful wave it's almost like a like a, i mean it's a bowl and a wedge it's kind of got a lot of faces this wave like it it's never the same like it's it's quite different
2: each ride right yeah it, and in the multiple uh, swell directions that it picks up. It depending on which swell is more predominant, either uh, the left or the right will be good. And um, but it's deceiving too. You you said a second ago that it was real playful. Yeah. But you can't let your guard down on nah. this way, because the bottom is so uneven. Yeah. And if you if you don't come out of a tube and you go down, uh, it's like a pinball and a pinball machine, yeah. knocking off the, the <laughs> coral heads. And uh, I've actually had to rescue quite a few people here. Yeah, in right. fact, uh, a friend of mine here, um, a couple years back, uh, on a good sized south swell at a medium high tide on a right, yeah. was a little too deep. And he went over and hit his face on the bottom, oh. bro- broke his jaw, oh, he knocked out, and his leash broke, and his body floated in. And uh, Jacob Vanderveld and I both, with the help of some other beachgoers, had to grab his body and, and pulled it in right here at what we call baby sashimi rock yeah, on the right. Rights. Yeah, see that. Came, The body came straight in, face down. Uh, we got him turned over and up on the beach, and uh, luckily we got to him so quickly, he was, uh, I pumped on his chest a couple times and the yeah. foam came out and yeah. then he started to breathe on his own again, luckily. Crazy. He, his, uh, Lucky that he so, floated in that
0: direction too. Was he wearing a wetsuit or anything like that? Or was it just no. his body was floating well enough? He was just- That's interesting. Still,
2: see, when you, you, you first go unconscious, um, water hits your larynx and it actually f- shuts down yep. water from going into your lungs. Yeah. So you've still got air in your lungs uh-huh. for, for a period of about a minute until uh-huh. your brain starts dying. And then, and then, then your larynx opens up. Uh-huh. And once your lungs full of water, yeah. it's pretty much over. Yeah. You're not gonna recover. So he was only unconscious for for, a lot less than a minute, I would yeah. say, you know, 45 seconds before we turned him over and, and his brain realized that he wasn't in the water anymore. Crazy. And, and uh, he started breathing again on his own, which is... So it, it, you can't let your guard down on this wave here. Oh, there's a guy yeah, just, that oh. was dangerous. Oh, that was really bad. <laughs>
0: there was right a guy in a wave spot. storm, just just tried to pull in on that, what I said was
2: the playful ball. And... And it's low tide right now. Yeah, it is. And I think ah. he just broke, his, broke the wave storm. I think it just snapped on him. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's yep, half. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, never so, a dull moment. Never is... a dull moment at no, half point.
0: No. But um, a lot of fun. And like this wave in particular, we, we were chatting before we, we kicked off the podcast. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about, like that was part of setting the scene here, is this wave has played a pretty big role in bodyboarding throughout history.
2: It, you know, it has. Not only, you know, the reefs, but the the, the shore pound as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when the boards f- first were uh, manufactured in the, <clears throat> the, the early 70s, it was a natural thing to, to ride a, wave, uh, a boogie board here in the shore break because, you know, if it back then it were just those hard pipo boards yeah. made of wood or fiberglass. And if that thing, you couldn't ride the shore break with those things because yeah. you'd be taking your life in your hands. Yeah. Um, so when the boogie came out, the the, it opened up the shore break for a whole different type of wave riding mm. um, venue, really. I mean, they were the blow-up mats and what have you, but yeah. they weren't real functional in, in these, the heavy shore pound here at Sandy's. So the boogie board was just it was it like the perfect play toy. Yeah. And it, you could catch the wave from way outside. You could get to the bottom of the wave before yeah. it, it heaved. You know, before we were just body surfing, and you couldn't go as far in the tube as you could on the boogie yeah. board. It was just... It was just magic. It was just something. It was just made for for this wave here at Sandy's, Not only the reefs, but the shore pound as well. One of the things I've noticed over here, which I haven't
0: noticed often in other places, but there is this enjoyment. It seems of just pulling in to a closeout. Like it's it's a, I don't see it elsewhere. Like back in Australia, I can't. I don't know how long I could do it for fun, you know. But it seems to be something. The guys literally—they give them their bodyboards, and they just—they
2: just want to pull in and get smashed, and yeah. they just keep doing it. But, like, yeah, yeah that's that, it. Is, that is kind of a—that's uh, a good observation. I mean, ah. um, here in Hawaii, there's not a lot of opportunity for for good sandbanks to form. Yeah. Especially on the south shore. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all they ever know. So. Mm. Uh, unless they go up to Eukai yeah. on the North Shore in the winter time after a big swell, and then they realize Oh, there's I can come out of a tube on, on a sandbank. Yeah, but in Australia There's a lot of sandbanks and yeah, exactly that, that uh, you just don't even you don't even look at if it's not easy. a closeout. No, nah. nah. there's just too many good ways
0: But like right. it's also interesting because I was just thinking as you were describing It seems like at the time when the bodyboard kind of came on the scene It was a pretty radical step from the pipos because you were saying you could catch the wave and get to the bottom and actually travel for a while and I, I don't know you know I, I never had to deal with what happened before the bodyboard you know yeah sure so at the time were well, guys really embracing the, the shore breaks because they knew that they could now do it without risking getting whacked in the head by a by a fiberglass pipo or a, or a timber Board. is that what you're kind of saying people are like, wow we can now just cruise as long as we can
2: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah here and uh, at Makapu and um, and then at, at, you know eventually at the North Shore spots that were a bit close outy like the off off the wall and yeah Waimea Shore break and, and the such yeah but uh, yeah it was it was uh, yeah it was just it was an amazing time it was just such a revolutionary toy that we could use in the ocean and uh, it was magical you know it was something that was like wow yeah I mean I don't think even in the early to mid 70s we realized what it, the sport would turn into hmm uh,
0: when you kicked off with it what was your first introduction to the bodyboard Or to the boogie board it would have been back then I mean more generally sure. speaking but what was your introduction to it um,
2: I got a I got a boogie board for for my birthday back uh-huh. in 1974 I believe. So how old were you then? I was 12. Okay. And it was one of the ones that were they were starting to sell in the stores. It was after the kit boards were were being being made. And then uh, I was already body surfing and stand up surfing at that yeah. time. And it really opened up, I started to come to Sandy's more often, okay. and that's where I, I met Jack Lindholm. And uh, Jack was, at that time, just developing um, the jack stance. Mm. And he was just doing amazing things on these these soft, pliable boogie boards yeah. uh, in, the, in the, the jack stance, drop knee stance. Uh, you know, getting up and pulling into barrels at, right out the edge of the reef at Pipe Whittles yeah. and coming out and his prone riding was fantastic and he, it was, he was the king I mean literally it was. before he was Jack the Ripper he was, he was the king he was the king of Sandys and yeah. Makapu yeah, and right. Makapu as well you know I heard a story from him we were talking uh, just a couple years ago uh, he reminded me that when he, before he had a car and could drive his mom used to come drop him off down here uh, before the boogie boards yeah, were invented, and, and he was pipel boarding. yeah, And then when the boogies came out, uh, because he was knee riding... On the pipe up. He was knee, double knee riding on the pipele boards. Yeah. And then one day he just decided to just lift one leg up. Yeah. Uh, and and just stumbled upon the,
0: the, the jack... The, yeah, <laughs> the exactly, jack stance. The yeah. jack
2: stance. And it, the rest is history. Yeah. But I really did look up to him. He was the first... First guy that was starting to get pictures and yep. more boogie ads and surfer magazines, and you know, I I think growing up I always wanted to be a professional surfer. Yeah. But being tall and lanky the way I was, I just wasn't didn't have that professional surfer build. And mm. looking at Jack and then uh, developing the El Rollo in the late seventies here at Sandy Beach, yeah. And finally pulling it off in yeah. nineteen seventy eight, and then at Pipeline in yeah. nineteen eighty, I realized that I was now maybe able to fulfill a dream yeah. childhood dream of mine and become a professional surfer but on a different type a different of wave road. riding yeah. yeah so that was yeah, left just uh-huh. sorry we're
0: some good we're, ones we'll there it, yeah. Yeah, it's good that's <laughs> why distracted. I wanted to sit here I wanted to be distracted oh. I think it's classic I mean but, but coming back to Sandy's like this um, who were the crew then that you so Jack the Ripper was here and that was the main guy you were looking up to but how did the well, did, was this the center of bodyboarding for a while, would you say, in many ways? Or, or was it, did the North Shore kind of grab it quickly, like Pipeline did that grab it quickly, or was
2: this one of the main? I, I think Sandys and, and Makapu were, and were were the groundbreaking places for these eccentric people that used to ride rafts and boards to, to experience the boogie board and the waves first. Yeah. Um, and then it, it migrated to the North Shore in droves in the early 80s early 80s yeah and then uh there was another little hotbed in kona as well oh where, yeah where stewart was yeah was uh tending shop with tom maury while he lived there yeah. shortly so there was a little hotbed there at, at magic sands on kona and all the little reef breaks but uh you know for the media exposure yeah and uh the photographers that had connections to um the bigger print media yeah like in the mid 80s and, and it was you know Tom Boyle and Lauren yeah. Pritchett and um, Jeff Hornbaker and there were some other top name, uh, Warren Bolster, yeah. that, that all shot, shot the boogie were Craig Feynman, yeah. and I could go on and on, but these guys back in the late 70s, early 80s that, that realized that, hey, maybe we should just be, uh, be shooting these guys because what Jack's doing at Pipeline on a, on a boogie board back in the early uh, late 70s early '80s, it was just that's still just really
0: advanced like yeah, I, I, I don't think I've like I mean Kainoa's has definitely done some very good solid drop now out there I think Chris Wan as well has, has put in some really good time Dave Hubbard as well won't take anything away from him but no. the way that Jack Lindholm attacked that wave yes. I mean it's there's some of the drops he took
2: yeah. are crazy absolutely yeah um his drop knee he would take off at the apex of a peak and pipe on like eight foot yeah right in the right and just literally be getting up onto his knee and bomb dropping yeah 15 to 20 feet to the bottom setting a rail and pulling in and and getting spat out of the tube there there aren't a lot of uh guys that can do that yeah even to this day yeah you know they're they're uh and he's on his front side as well exactly which is kind of
0: interesting because you know uh, you know you see guys out there now like surfers like jamie o'brien is one of the probably i think and john john but like jamie in particular i think has a really amazing backhand like he's taking off in the same spot that jack jack linton would have taken off on yep. but he's on his back side so he's got a bit of he can, he can grab in. the rail he can lean in but but jack just didn't have any of that but he was kind of grabbing the outside rail as well was he on that Yep, he he was, was getting the
2: foot up and then grabbing the outside rail. Yeah, it would help him lift to yeah. get that inside rail uh, engaged. But, um, yeah, so to get back, I think we got a little off track there. But, yeah. but um, just amazing. And the board he was riding back then literally was uh, like riding a wet newspaper. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean you know, just one wrong wave and the thing would just come apart on yeah. you, you. know, and uh, or, or fold in half yeah. like an envelope so uh, just amazing amazing stuff and um, yeah
0: when was it the first moment in your in your life where you where you realised that that dream you had of being a professional surfer was fully realised was there a specific moment where you got a letter in the mail or was there a a moment where you're like oh wow I I am that guy now
2: uh you know I, I I think there were a couple of moments okay. um, the first professional uh, boogie contest at Pipeline in December of 80
1: mm-hmm.
2: when I got second behind JP yeah um, and I did the first Rolo at the Pipeline in a competition I think I, I we all kind of looked at each other then and said this sport is gonna yeah. this sport is gonna blow up and then when I fir- first signed my first contract even though it was pittance but it was uh probably about four months later in March of 81 with Ben Severson and Keith Sasaki we became the Mori the Hawaii yeah. Mori team riders yeah I think that that was the pivotal moment that I knew I'd be we could turn this into something, something yeah big yeah and what was it like to be
0: that rider back then like were you guys just taking paychecks and then going surfing or were you actually engaged in the process of creating the boards designing like how in, like how intimate were you guys with um, with Tom Moray with the design side of things or were you just kind of taking his inspirations and just testing them out and coming back and giving feedback? Like, What was, it, what was happening?
2: Uh, you know, we were just riding stockboards. We, yep. we had no real say in what shapes okay. or, you know, rail angles or anything like that. Okay. That didn't come really about until probably the mid-80s when okay. we started to branch out. And ride for other companies that uh-huh. we could have direct impact with the Shapers. Yeah. Like BZ yeah. and Custom X. Uh, and, you know, eventually later on with some other companies around the world. But um, so early on, we were just riding stockboards and just collecting a paycheck and going surfing our home break, working Swing. with Tom Boyle yeah. uh, in, in the shore break here and just trying to, you know, eventually put together the first magazine, which yeah. came out in, in 80. I believe yeah there were two issues that came out in 85 so
0: yeah
2: or 86 I can't remember
0: what was your involvement with the magazine development like exactly in the beginning uh, you and know not much bodyboarding magazine you're referring to
2: yeah correct yeah, yeah bodyboarding mag n- not much uh, it was predominantly Tom Boyle yeah and his his uh, dealings with surfing magazine and um, we were just the talent you know yeah. we worked with the photographers to get a good clean photograph that would print well yeah uh, and show the product and the fun yeah. because that's what we wanted to promote for this sport was was the fun and that anybody can go out and ride a, ride a wave on their first day yeah. and you can get it on the bus for free and, and uh, you know you could pack it in your boot and yeah. not have to worry about products, yeah. yeah. so it was at that point it was just trying to showcase the from my standpoint it was just showcasing the sport and that sport, you've, uh,
0: I'll pick up on something then that... So the fun element was was the, the the element for you, it seems, or one of the key reasons for being on the bodyboard. Do you, do you feel like bodyboarding has maintained the fun as much as it kind of could have over the years? Or, have you, like, what's your opinion on the the movements of the sport over, over the
2: years? Well, over the years, I, I think uh, it's become, of course, a lot more exciting. Yeah. Uh, and... The, adrenaline i mean the waves that the guys in the last 20 25 years have been riding on a on a boogie like Andre Botta and, yeah. and Ben Player and all these guys around the world that are just uh, just the things that they're doing the adrenaline on it is and the the visuals is just so much more spectacular but it doesn't take away any from the fun yeah. the, the fun the level of fun that we had you know 45 years ago on a boogie has not changed at all no not no. at all it's still there it's still there.
0: I guess me for me one of the things I've noticed I guess I've I felt there was a period where bodyboarding tried to get a bit too serious and wanted to prove something in the bigness like in all these big big waves and kind of everyone's pushing each other further over these ledges and you know it's something that I never really got into myself because i don't know i just didn't find that that much fun you know like I, sure you know there's a moment where bodyboarding becomes survival <laughs> which yeah the fun kind of starts to drain out of it and the the yeah. the fight or flight mechanisms kick in
2: yeah when um, the level of adrenaline gets to a point there it's fear yeah it, then a true fear then i think that's when you're crossed over exactly
0: right? <laughs> exactly and i've had a couple of those moments but have there been any moments for you in your time where you kind of got to a point where you were like wow, what we're doing right now isn't that much fun? Never. Never?
2: No. Okay. No, but I've never surfed front on either. So. <laughs> I think you'd have fun there. I do. Out on medium size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon you'd be, fine. you'd be fine. That
0: is a lot of fun. Sure. It's kind of similar to this in many ways, like in, like at half point. No offence to all the canarians who are now hating on me for thinking that, but like there is this, like, that real surgy, like the shallow um, left. It's kind of... There are some similarities, like, um, for sure, but...
2: Bit more of a ramp at front A Bit
0: more of a ramp on the air, yep. kind of bends in towards you. Yep. But definitely the that shallow element and that ability to just grind your face on the on the rocks <laughs> is there, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Over the years, you know, your, your kind of career um, has kind of moved in different ways. Have you always been connected to bodyboarding, would you say, over the years? Um,
2: yeah, you know, in some ways I, I have, I, there was a period... Uh, after late 2000 till about 2012, where I was uh, working in, as a permanent lifeguard and and uh, law enforcement officer in California, that I kind of got away from the sport a bit. Yeah. But I, I kept in touch with my good friends here in Hawaii and some around the world. Uh, but it, yeah, there was a period of about 12 years where I, I, you know, if I got in the water. Uh, on a boogie board once a month, it would be, it would be good. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. So that that one period, all the rest of them, I've been pretty much in touch. Yeah. And uh, you know, after I had my last competition at Pipeline back in, I believe it was '90. I want to say '96. Yeah. Uh, I was really upset with the judging. Uh huh. Really upset because they were still you know, in that spin-to-win yeah. type of mode, where I was doing vertical rolls, and my competitor was doing lateral spins after the wave had already broken, right. and he was scoring higher than me because yeah. he was riding it all the way to the beach spinning. Ah, that, that I was so upset that um, I said, I'm not competing anymore. And then I, I got in touch with, um, with uh, Midget Smith, who was a big bodyboard slash surf judge
0: I in that california nice yep.
2: yeah midget he was he was my mentor he, he took me under his wing and taught me uh the craft of judge of surf judging yeah because when i was still living in california in the late 90s wow. as a part-time lifeguard i would spend weekends traveling with him and and uh judging surf competitions uh-huh. And boogie board competitions, but mostly surf competitions. Mm-hmm. I judged some QS events in Santa Cruz and Baja and, and Southern California and, and also the NSSA events. And so I learned the craft and I was like, this is fantastic. And I kept in touch with uh, the bodyboarding crew as well. Yeah. And then, the, of course, the criteria really took a turn in the late 90s. It did, huh? When the, the GLB was big. Yeah. And the riders had input on, you know, what scores big and yeah. what's what's ridiculous and yeah. where you could get a 10 on one maneuver yeah. as opposed to spinning to the beach. And uh, ended up having the opportunity to go with midget and with and judge a GOB event, yeah. t- the, the, the Tahiti skins. Also, oh, midget was at that event as well. It was. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's he was. he was in the I Must boat. have met him. It was, him then. Yeah, it was Craig Haddon, myself. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now I now remember. I, I think Maurice. Yeah. I think Maurice Wickling. was there. Yeah. Um, and I think Kevin McAllister was in the boat as well. Okay. I, along with Midget, and myself, and Craig Haddon. So there was like five of us um, bobbing around in the channel. Yeah. For, for hours on end <laughs> without seasick pills. Yeah. But so that was my first real experience with judging uh, a top notch bodyboarding oh wow
0: so that was it that was your kind of comeback into bodyboarding in many like you know reconnecting from that point would you say right was there Uh, there a moment there
2: yeah but then and then I took that hiatus yeah you know I was really busy with law enforcement for 12 years and then when I moved back to Hawaii in 2012 yeah uh, Ben Severson was running all the events here in Hawaii and I jumped in and um judged and and then Eventually became the head judge to the, for the Hawaii tour here in Hawaii, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah, cool. I, and in twenty late twenty twelve, I did travel on the world tour. Went to um, where the hell did I go? I went to Vince, Venezuela. Yeah,
0: right. And
2: I went to the Puerto Escondido event. That was oh, a cool. really good event. Yeah, there. I saw that. That, that was, was crazy. in 20, October twenty twelve. It was fantastic, and I was on the surf a really big. Yeah, I got big. Did yeah, yeah. It was it was like 10, 10 foot. Yeah, and. It was incredibly um, aesthetically beautiful to yeah, watch. Yeah. The, the waves were so good. Yeah. Um, so really got to know Chico Garitano. And, yeah. um, if, and even more so got to spend some time with Craig Haddon and, and uh, solidified myself on the, you know, as, a, as an international judge in the world. And I enjoy it. You know, I, uh, it's been a great transition. And, yeah. you know, not only just riding here, in hawaii but uh being able to give back to the sport in that yeah. way and make sure that the right people get out of every heat is yeah. so important to me because i've been there yeah i've been in the bad you know, end. The i've been on the bad end so
0: and know. it's pain it's helpless it's a, it's a very specific or a unique type of helplessness sure it's like you're yeah, the one guy that's you because you know you're right yeah, you know what I mean yeah. like, I know, like yeah. in many of these cases when I've had a call go against me like it's hard to shake off um, if you're really certain that something an injustice has been you know served and you're the victim of it you know like yeah. it's hard to um, yeah. it's hard to swallow for
2: no, sure no I've been I, you know because I w- was a, one of the pioneers I've been the victim I've probably been the, on, the, on the good side of a, a couple Some of good calls, calls as, well. as well but yeah. I feel bad yeah and, you know getting through a heat that i probably shouldn't have yeah for about five minutes and then i'm all right but, <laughs> but uh me too, th- me too that's not you know, that time at 90 in 96 a pipeline wasn't the only time there yeah there's been times where the meat director decided to extend the heat <laughs> okay. an extra minute because he saw a set coming in at oh, pipeline whoa. okay and someone who of great stature, stature in our sport got a wave and, and ended up beating me in pipeline. Ah, okay. And controversial. That was, that was back in, you know, I'll let you guys kind of figure it out. Yeah, sure. Going out there, but <laughs> so th- there's been numerous of disappointments um, that I just did not want to see happen again. And it has gotten so much better the judging here, and you know, not only. On the world tour, but but here in Hawaii as well. So,
0: are there, is there more room for improvement? Though, like, have you do you ponder, like, you know, how to how to improve on the judging? Like, is there any ideas that come to your mind? You bet. Like, you follow a lot of the competitions, like when the live streams are on, and you see what's happening. Are you overall? Do you see a good thing, or do you see yeah, like opportunities for improvement? Like in, in your professional opinion,
2: um, the the only thing I can see is uh, having some kind of instant replay. Yeah. That that the judges can actually go back and look at waves prior in the heat. Yeah. I mean, if you're concentrating as a judge, you should be able to remember every wave that's yeah. ridden in the heat, but sometimes that doesn't happen because yeah. we're all human. Yeah. So an instant replay like they do in WSL helps yeah. helps quite a bit to review the decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had that before on instant review on the, the waves that were just ridden, but yeah. not going back far on a heat uh-huh. like on a on a um, like a heat scale. Right. Yeah. I've had that for a world tour event uh, when we were the IBA. But yeah. but since then, I'm not sure if they're, they're doing that at all, but that would be a, something to ponder. Well, one of the things I said when we, because we
0: tried out this sessions format this year, which was those surfing three heats and then, you know, it, and it has its, like I, Tanner and I were talking about it in the surf this morning because we, we reviewed it after the year finished to see if everyone was happy. And for me, I kind of wasn't completely happy with it because I felt... The judges, you know, it's a long period of time to try and judge and conditions can change throughout the, that period of time and some guys who get a heat in the morning are competing against guys who have better conditions at the end of the day or whatever, vice versa. Um, but one thing I would, like speaking of this heat replay, one of the things I brought up was to to just record everything and then the judges can judge the heats but then if they want to look, really look at a wave later on that night, they can just go and check it out later because it doesn't matter, there's no immediate need to set the scores when you've got that format like whereas if it's a heat by heat moment where people have to progress well then you have to kind of make your decision pretty quickly but
2: yeah yeah um, you know there's in any type of format you're going to have somebody's going to have something to say about it because but I I truly believe in the in the um, without putting any other format down I, I think everybody should advance from one heat to the next. You yeah. should be c- competing in advance from competing against the riders that you're going against at that time in the heat. Yeah. Because otherwise the judges are looking back at in a sessions and looking back at waves that were ridden the day before yeah. and, and comparing with waves ridden the day before and yeah. then trying to, you can't set it's not that possible scale. Really, the is scale it. is impossible. To That's set. what I
0: thought too. And I was happy to test it out for the year, but it was, um, it was, <laughs> JJ's popped in and she's just got a picture. <laughs> I should explain that Pat Pat's shirtless. I'm wearing a shirt and I've got clip-on microphones. His is now clipped into his um chest hair. It's a very manly <laughs> approach to podcasting. Yeah. See
2: honey, I, I knew there was a there was a reason <laughs> for keeping this chest hair chest.
0: Don't wax, don't wax. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's um but there's always room for improvement. I think what was cool about this this past year with the with the world tour is that people were willing to give it a try. Like we were willing to try out this new format and, and you know uh i feel like i got some good results through it but also somewhere i was like damn i hate this format you know like so it kind of yeah. it's it's it has yeah. a mix
2: in that sense it's 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 going to be i mean there's there's going to be times i mean it's going to be fair yeah but it's also like you said there's going to be times when you felt like it just didn't work out and yeah it didn't go in your favor
0: exactly exactly <laughs>
2: exactly um coming to the here and
0: now so you've been in um, back in Hawaii for how long? You said eight years, maybe, is it? Or uh, six going
2: years? on seven now. Going
0: seven now. Um, and you, you mentioned that this was kind of coming back here, was it rekindled a lot or it definitely in, increased the number of surfs per week that you had. Um, how has it been... Well, we already know that there's been some reported incidences of you getting some injuries, but how has it been hard for you to get back into... Uh, riding more frequently, and it has. How has your body managed to kind of deal with it?
2: Um, you know, I, my my body is is holding up pretty well. I yep. must say. Um, I think that coming back has been extremely uh, good for my soul. Yeah. Uh, and I thank thank JJ for that because we got married and then came back two years later. But um, I still have that same stoke as I did as a kid. Yeah. You know, if I'm missing a swell, I'm just I'm I'm miserable well. to I'm miserable <laughs> to live with. I'm like, you know, if I gotta, you know, take care of the household or do something that that I'm missing a a good especially you know a good south swell or even good Wyoming, a shore break or something like yeah. that. I'm just I kind of. But then I have to think to myself, well, you know, I'm gonna be 57 this year. And yeah. You know, I, I don't really have a lot to prove anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> and, you've done enough. I don't, and uh, I think that's no, where- No, I
1: think he wants to prove that at 57 he can surf big white males. Oh, so okay. Is that what you what want to I do? Think. But well, he didn't admit it, but that's what I get. Have
2: you done it yet?
0: no. I haven't yet, seen no. any photographic evidence. No. Like I'm not calling you out on this, <laughs> No.
2: You no,
1: know, he wanted to go last weekend. Oh, and yeah. Noticed, really? Yeah, especially?
2: right so okay well let's do it yeah <laughs> no, but I, I still have that stoke and it's yeah, been re, rekindled since coming back and um it's fun being the old man in the in the lineup here and sure and uh it's just been a lot of fun you know and it, the, the the crew that that surfs here every day is just um just an amazing bunch of men and women that have uh Embraced me as an old man in the lineup, so cool. I can get what I want. Out yeah, here. yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. <laughs> Respecting the elders, sure. Yeah, but um, but but you have suffered some injuries along the way.
2: Yeah, I, I have. Uh, all that's of them gone. in the sh- in the shore break. Yeah. I sometimes you forget when you get older, you it's it's not instincts anymore that you have to really be conscious of every wave, what it can do to you, and I I, I let my guard down on a couple of waves where. Yeah. Um, one, I, I broke my collarbone and three ribs, and uh, so what happened? Had to go to, to the, to the ph- hospital? Yeah. What did you do? You, you pulled into was... just a, a shorey. Yeah, it was. A sh- it was one of those days where it sh- I literally was breaking right on the sand. Yeah. And the, the lip was landing in the almost in the dry sand, and I hooked up with a photographer. Yeah. He got the shot, and then I, I did what I normally do. I just kind of decided to, to, to tuck and roll. Yeah and uh, didn't quite get the rotation and, and landed on the back of my right shoulder. And, okay, and so I just flipped I was, you over and the pressure of that small wave just knocked you straight? Straight to the sand, there was yeah. no water. Yeah, right. Uh, at that point, I the air knocked out of me and uh, I couldn't breathe very well for a whole day. Wow. Really. Couldn't get out of bed without help for three weeks. And wow. it was pretty sorry that you know, you just can't no, let I didn't
1: your. I do everything for them. Oh. Literally. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's was... why marriage is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Right. I took it You know, as you get older, I think I'm starting to realize that your bones just aren't as pliable, and you, you have to hold back, and you can't take the risk like you could before. And I think this is a good segue into mm. the VBC. The VBC. The, all these older bodyboarders are getting back into it. They are, and I think it's absolutely
0: wonderful. I've said this a lot, whenever every chance I get. I, I honestly, a lot of people worry about the future of the sport, but for me, the, the future of the sport's actually a little bit back, you know, it is the VBC. Like, for me, that is actually the future of the sport for a period. And I'm sure there'll be another groundswell from underneath from that. But I think there's a bit of patience that people need to have to, to see, see this moment through. And, yes for me it's really special because it actually shows that there's generations of bodyboarders which surfing has generations of surfers so they have like this history that they can talk about and i mean for you it's you've released a board model in the last yeah, right <laughs> in the last year yeah, or a figure. year and a half yeah. and you know manny just released his one the other day right. and you know ben's done yeah. some re-releases and it's yeah. i think it's freaking That's awesome it. Who's Ben? <laughs> ben Player. <laughs> yeah. Some other Ben. Um, but I mean, would you have ever guessed that this moment was. Did you see this moment coming?
2: I didn't. No. I know. And uh, Damien Alexander was just genius. And, uh, you know, not only has is it, is it helped us old guys, and but it's brought back a, a good uh, income base <laughs> to, to to build on the industry that was kind of in in flux for for, tw- for you know 15-20 years yeah um, and they have kids yes so that's where my theory goes it's yeah. they're they're bringing their kids out to the beach with them they're getting them away from the video games yeah. and yeah. away from their cell phones and they're, they're the kids are getting stoked they're riding boards yeah it's putting more money back into the sport uh, it's just been been pure genius and
1: well the oh. best thing about BBC is it's not about competition. Exactly. That's the you know, and, and Damien's a, vision of keeping it about just um, the everyday um, person either getting exercise again, getting yeah. fit again, um, rekindling yep. friendships. Yeah. Yeah. You know, finding your youth. It's yeah.
2: I think we had it right in the beginning. Yeah. It the sport is all about fun and recreation. Mm. Mm. It we've it's been proven generation after generation. Uh, and I hate to say this, but uh, top-notch competition is just unfortunately can't hold up to its bigger brother mm. in stand-up surfing and yeah. Um, even though it should
1: be able to, because it's amazing the acrobatics
2: yeah. that they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing
0: too. And I, like, I'm one of the competitors now again. But like, it's not. Um, but you I recognize it things, that it's that, that we, we're never going to be on an equal footing or even a fraction of a footing yeah, with okay. surfing, but. The one thing, that's why I'm really excited by the VBC movement is that it is that opportunity where um, you know a lot of men and women who bodyboarded in the 80s and 90s and who were part of that real boom moment that took place are now re-entering the surf and they have children and those children are, you know, whether they look up to their parents or not, but or at least they see that bodyboarding is a thing that they can do and, uh, and that's where I think the next growth phase will come from bodyboarding absolutely yeah absolutely because there's a big challenge as well i guess i recognize or i was talking to someone the other day about that these soft surfboards these beaters you know at least in the australian context bodyboarding had a little bit of a free pass when i was a kid because my parents bought me the bodyboard as a safe entry point to the surf yes it it was foam it's not going to hurt me yep but now that there's these stand-up softboards their foam and they're not going to hurt you so that like I think there's a lot of parents just choosing that surfboard for the kid instead of choosing a bodyboard as a safe entrance there's aunt. a lot and a lot in Australia it's like really okay. crazy how many there are so that's a big kind of competitor to the to, to the kid getting on the bodyboard but at yep. least with the VBC the dad or the mum is riding a bodyboard and and you know yep. showing them the way forward how do you see this VBC movement evolving over time? Then, like, do you have any ideas of where it's heading, or what what, what is the limits to its kind of impact? Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't
2: think we've seen the limits yet. I I I, I see it uh, maybe plateauing a little bit in the next year or two, but um, I think uh, the world tour kind of incorporating some kind of masters tour. Yeah would be fantastic. Correct. Cause then now that you've got that, the older people wanting to watch and yeah. and, and see maybe some of their uh, older heroes, which nowadays, I mean, even Andre Bota and some of these guys that are turning, getting close to 40 yeah. are are now vintage. Yeah. And and um, so.
1: Well, I think BBC too is teaching the younger guys if you take care of yourself, yeah. don't get into drugs, Yeah. don't get into, you can still be doing what you love doing yeah. in, in your fifties, yeah, in sixties. Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah, sure, 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 yeah, but, for sure, for but, sure. But I think a, a master's world tour would be, would be kind of cool if we can get the numbers, but, um, you know, we'll just have to see it, it okay? Well, it's know, like anything, Damian. it's going to evolve, Yeah. it's going to evolve, it's going to yeah. take, um, someone thinking outside of the box. Yeah.
1: Well, one of Damien's big visions, actually, with the funds from all of the membership, yeah. is to help kids who can't afford to get a board Okay, get boards into their oh, hands. Cool. So, I mean, that's a that's huge rad. Um, place where Damien wants to take it to... That's great. Yeah, that it, it's not really you know competition and all that stuff, but helping people who couldn't do stuff yeah. otherwise, which yeah. I respect immensely. For sure, for sure. He wants to use it for goodwill.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I mean,
1: it really could become an amazing sponsor. Yeah. To not to professional riders, but to yeah,
0: the community. The community. Yeah.
1: Now it's right. That in Australia. Yeah. And he wants to eventually reach other countries, but that you know, right now it's Australia that's the easiest mm. since he's there.
0: But do you see many guys um, here in, ha- I know that that BBC Cruise, there's a lot of Aussies in that crew that are getting back in the water, do you see a, a lot of older people in Hawaii getting into the water or have you noticed a resurgence in that way here? Because um, there's a lot of people who yeah. rode waves here back in the 80s and 90s, right?
2: No, there's, there's a few but I, I don't think it's, it's quite at the level that's happening in Australia yet. Um, I mean, there's only a million people on this island. Yeah. And there's Thirty million in Australia, but uh, so I- I'm seeing a few older people, yeah. you know, my age and, and older. Yeah. Um, that are staying active in the ocean. Yeah. But uh, you know, not quite like it's been in Australia yet. I, I don't, California I
0: don't really must have a lot of bodybuilders from that period, though. But it it really do. did boom in a significant way there in the 80s, right? Like yeah, California it, was a huge market. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the huge,
2: I mean, gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. So there must guys be. you can
1: think of that still right consistently. in yeah. California is the loudest Yeah. They're in the water constantly.
2: Cool.
1: They're over.
0: But is it a? Is it a? Do you think there's potential there to grow the VBC? Because I haven't seen so many California guys in that group so much. But it just seems to be a predominant Aussie conversation. But.
2: Well, um, I think the, yeah. the waves are just so much better in Australia than they are in yeah. California. There's a couple of good waves in, in California, but they're so crowded, yeah. And they don't break good all year round. And, um, and the waves are just so good in Australia. There's so much opportunity to just there is go into a national park and ride a peak all to yourself. Exactly. And yeah. And get spat out of a tube with nobody even around. And but you know,
1: California it, surfers are very unfriendly. Mm. Too california body borders. yeah aussie surfers suck stay. too though <laughs> oh, too? yeah, oh, right. yeah just i just think it's a, to
0: snap I, I think it's a universal movement yeah, yeah. go bar and you'll find nah, out. not all of them are bad but uh, it's it's i, I think oh, we I always respect
1: all the body borders. yeah it seems
0: like it's better and better to be honest but i i mean one of the things i've noticed coming back to hawaii this this year is that they just aren't you know they used back 10 12 years ago when i first came to hawaii there was literally probably 40 or 50 Aussie bodyboarders my age here to try and get that one photo of Pipeline. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was a, it was a nightmare. And I, I, I yeah. totally understand local guys kind of freaking out and going, what the hell's going on here? Like, like, you know, there's literally a plague of Australian bodyboarders. <laughs> but yeah. they, they, they bring Tim Tams? No, well, <laughs> yeah. But you know, today, like, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm one of the only Aussies here right now. Um. Wow. there's nobody here like yeah. you know there's wow. literally nobody here and yeah. it's um it's a really interesting turnaround as well like yeah. maybe that has to do with the pipe comp not being on as often as it has been or now it's later in the season as well so could be financial reasons could as be well. financial but yeah it's an interesting moment there as well like with the the lack of guys coming here Yeah. But, um but so, what does the what like you've done the the board model and you've got um, and that seemed to have gone well for you to to get it out there? You sold a few of those and people enjoyed the boards.
2: Yes. Yeah. Are you doing been...
0: another one? Is there anything coming up? Are you doing another model or anything yep.
2: like that? Actually, I hope I hope to uh, work with uh, Pete and I at yeah? Custom X and come out with something uh, hopefully uh, revolutionary. I, I can't talk about cool. it right now, but uh, I want to I want to change. Uh, the way bodyboard's designed right? Uh, for the better. Okay. So there'll be some prototypes here, probably, I would hope, in the next couple of months. Wow. And uh, so, yes, there is going to be a new new and improved uh, 21st century Pat Caldwell model that, that is going to be worked on.
1: At the, it, it was a design that you wanted to do, but companies couldn't make it. Okay. Yeah. And now the technology is
0: excellent yeah well that's been a scoop a for
1: 40 years. i'm gonna have
0: that scoop okay. and then everyone listening can can stay tuned to uh hear more about uh yep. what is this big design shift that uh is being uh developed now i think that's a really good cliffhanger to finish this podcast on okay. by the way. so sounds i'll great. um i'll say a huge thank you uh to you for taking the time to meet up today and, and have a quick surf out at half point thanks, thanks john uh, yeah no, well, my a pleasure pleasure for me very yeah. much so and um to all the listeners out there i hope you enjoyed this um this this chat whilst we were distracted by sandy beach <laughs> aloha from sandy's yeah aloha from sandy's and uh any questions any follow-on questions for pat after this interview feel free to um to post them and we'll we'll probably do a follow-up if you guys feel it thanks, thanks you. cheers so there we are a big thank you again to um Pat Caldwell and also JJ for jumping in and just hanging out on at Sandy Beach there for the interview. Um, big happy birthday to Pat as well. Um, the bodyboard community, uh, I definitely know I speak for everyone because I've never met a man who doesn't like Pat Caldwell, who's met him in the flesh. There you go. Nobody's ever had a bad word to say about the guy and, um, you know, um, I think he's, uh, yeah, an icon of the sport and, and I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Um, get a couple of couple of tubes for us, so enjoy, and I hope you all enjoyed this uh, this this uh, podcast episode with Pat Caldwell. Thanks.